welcome to episode 3 of the Securitization Matters podcast. This is David Addis. Today we have an interview with Chris Dalton, the Chief Executive Officer of the Australian Securitization Forum, the first securitization peak body in the world. The interview was recorded on Tuesday 12th of February 2013. In this interview, Chris talks about his background, the background to the ASF, some of the things the ASF has achieved, and what's on the agenda for this year. So now to Sydney and Chris Dalton. So Chris Dalton, welcome to the Securitization Matters podcast. If we could start perhaps just by you giving me a couple of minutes or giving the listeners a couple of minutes on your background prior to and you know, including the ASF, that'd be great. Sure. Thanks, David. My background starts, I guess, with uh, an academic background with a degree in economics and then uh, along the way a, a Master's of Business Administration. But my career has been largely focused in the financial markets, um, initially in corporate treasury uh, with, with Shell, Shell Australia, then some work and some time in corporate banking with the Elders Finance Group, and then a large part of my career has been in the debt capital markets through my work with Standard & Poor's over 18 years, and more recently as the, the head of the Australian Securitisation Forum. Would you like to just tell us a little bit about the Australian Securitisation Forum for those who aren't completely familiar with it? Sure. The Australian Securitisation Forum is in fact the the first industry association of any securitisation market in the world. It precedes both the American Securitisation Forum and the um, European Securitisation Forum and uh, was established in, in, in the 1990s by a group of people working in the industry that had a desire for the industry to to grow and have an identity and and profile appropriate in the Australian financial markets. So for many years it was a purely voluntary organisation where industry practitioners gave their time either as members of the, the National Committee, the governing body of the ASF, or in the various subcommittees that were established to identify ways to promote the industry and to address issues both regulatory, legal, tax that were sort of emerging as as this new sector of Australia's capital market developed. So it's got a history that's probably close to, to 20 years. It's changed in character, I guess, in the last six years in as much that the industry decided just prior to the, the financial crisis actually to dedicate some resources in an executive office of the Securitisation Forum. And so uh, the initial appointment of a chief executive was made in 2007, and that was in fact uh, Greg Metcraft, who had a long history with the Australian market and then the US and global securitisation markets in his role with uh, Societe Generale. In fact, I think he was one of the co-founders of the American Securitisation Forum. He was. That, that's, uh, it's interesting. He really took the, the idea of what the Australian Securitisation Forum was doing to America and said that notwithstanding other industry associations like SIFMA and uh, the, the Bond Market Association, that a body dedicated to uh, the securitisation market could have some value, which was then adopted and, and really the American Securitisation Forum developed and, and mirrors in many respects the structure we have here, obviously larger in scale and um, more diversified and broader given the, the size and scope of the American securitisation market. Um, so Greg uh, was the initial 
chief executive for the body. He then employed a chief operating officer in January 2009, who was Alex Sell, and he's still with the the ASF in, in that role. And we've also added uh, an administrative marketing person since then. But uh, as, as your listeners would know, Greg has moved on to ASIC and actually has been recently uh, promoted in the last uh, 18 months to, to head the organisation as chairman. And so when Greg left the ASF, I was then appointed in, in the, the middle of 2009 to head the organisation, which I was very pleased to be appointed. My career with Standard Poor's started off as a, a ratings analyst in the mortgage-backed and, I guess, asset-backed space when the market was quite small. And so my career progressed and, and grew, and I was given opportunities because of the growth of the Australian Securitisation Forum. Coming into the ASF in 2009 was an interesting point in time. Obviously, the local market and the global markets had suffered the, the initial impacts of the financial crisis, and the world, I guess, was changing in many, many respects with respect to the regulatory framework and the, the focus on securitisation and the issues that uh, confronted many global markets. And um, so it, it's been a time when, when I guess there's been a, a very much a, a focus around sort of regulatory developments. But we have tried to stay true to the, the core tenets of, of the ASF, and that is around bringing the industry together to, to form views on, on matters relevant to the industry. We've had a, a focus on, on educational objectives to provide professional development opportunities for, for, for market participants. And we've played a, a sort of, I think, a very strong role over the last five years with advocacy on behalf of the industry to represent the industry to policymakers in, in the political and public service areas, particularly the Australian Treasury, as well as the regulatory bodies, which include ASIC, APRA and the Reserve Bank. It's been a time in which we've also then coordinated with global organisations such as IOSCO, um, who've also been sort of making uh, recommendations and guidance with respect to securitisation markets, because one of the things that people often forget is that the, the G20 group quite early on in, in 2008, in fact, sort of recognised that securitisation markets were one of the first and most significantly impacted by the financial crisis and played a key role in, in financial markets around the world and that there was a need to uh, identify ways in which to effectively restart securitisation markets in, in the, the major markets. So both regulators have been looking at sort of the regulatory framework but also with the, the sort of um, G20 direction and through IOSCO have been looking at ways in which changes could be made for the benefit and restart of, of securitisation markets. Obviously, you've, you've touched on a few things there, particularly the regulatory environment, which is going to, as we all know, unfortunately going to continue to be uh, to absorb a lot of our time. Education through the securitisation courses, the securitisation annual uh, Australian securitisation conference. Mm -hmm. There's been, I think, other highlights include the uh, the ASF being instrumental in opening up the covered bond market in Australia. Yep. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, obviously the focus of the, the ASF has been fairly specific, but we have had some successes over the years and sort of going back to sort of the early 90s, there was 
a need for the industry to engage with policymakers and regulators around issues such as stamp duty so that the transfer of mortgages in mortgage pools could be achieved without incurring additional stamp duty costs. So the, the industry has raised issues over time and has had success in having those issues addressed and that um, you know that's facilitated different aspects of securitisation in the Australian market. I, I guess going back probably sort of eight to ten years from uh, 2013, the ASF looked at and investigated with its members the merits of putting forward propositions to establish a covered bond market in Australia. We, we saw that this was another way in which secured funding by financial institutions could be achieved for the benefit of the overall economy and uh, in particular for financial institutions that were looking to diversify funding into markets such as covered bond markets, which in Europe at least have been well established for, for many, many years. So we have been one of the industry groups and probably we would claim to be the primary industry group that, that led the effort in raising the, the proposal for the introduction of covered bonds to both regulators, uh, policy makers and importantly the, the government in Canberra. I guess in looking at the, the impact of the financial crisis on the Australian financial markets, the, the government was open in 2009-2010 in to look at the the case for covered bonds and it then adopted it as part of its banking reforms in December 2011 and we saw the the market develop quite quickly through a a very swift passage of legislation through the Australian Parliament so that we in fact saw the initial issues of covered bonds um, occur in December 2011 11, and then the programs of the major four banks plus Suncorp, uh, the largest regional, uh, be established through 2012. And on, on many uh, aspects, I think, you know, uh, we would claim that that initiative by the government and the sort of efforts of the ASF in putting forward the case have been very successful. Uh, the Australian programs have been well received in, in global markets. Issues have been made in probably at least six or more currencies, both in public issues and and private issues. We've seen a variety of tenors issued, and we've seen both hard and soft bullet securities issued. So from an ASF point of view, we we do take some satisfaction from the engagement of the industry and the the dialogue that we had with uh, policymakers that led to a successful outcome, not just for our members, but we believe for the benefit for the financing of the Australian economy, and in particular, mortgage borrowers. So the covered bond initiative was obviously a very public and successful initiative. But as you mentioned before, for example, with stamp duty and there's, there's many other sort of very small things that are going on every year that really don't probably even reach many of the industry participants' mm-hmm. knowledge. So uh, I'm thinking, for example, just to pull one out of the air, thin capitalisation. There, there's a number of those sort of little initiatives going on to smooth the path for securitisation every year. Correct. Well, quite often policymakers and parliaments and governments here and, and overseas decide to make changes to, to various matters that affect capital markets, such as taxation, which is probably a prime area that can cause changes. And it's important for an industry association like ourselves to sort of be aware of those proposals, be aware of those changes, and to look at the impact on the market, because in some cases, policymakers may not 
have at the front of their minds specifics of a securitisation market and so there can be potential for some unintended consequences. One of the things that we've done over recent years is to ensure that the Australian policymakers have been aware of the need to bring back international uh, offshore investors into our market to allow it to grow and to become more liquid with more investors participating. So we've had a focus on arguing the case, for example, that um, withholding tax is, is minimised so that you know, issuance to offshore investors is not impeded by a tax that you know, is effectively counterproductive to the success of the, the securitisation market. Yeah, I can think of several examples in the US where state uh, governments made laws that seemed sensible on the surface and uh, despite the objections by the securitisation industry. And once they'd done that, some of the rating agencies, for example, would refuse to accept loans from, from those particular states. Yep. And uh, that meant that the availability of mortgage financing fell off a cliff for those states and the uh, state governments had to swiftly reverse their positions. So... Well, that, that's right. I mean, um, there are those the potential for unintended consequences, and I think over the last 10 years, we would all say that markets and capital markets have become much more interconnected and global, so changes with European regulation or US regulation can then have impact on markets like Australia's, which is looking to invest into and source funds from, from those markets. And this is where you know an Australian body needs to have a global voice because those policymakers quite understandably focus on sort of the domestic issues and the domestic arrangements, but we, we like to make sure that they're aware that there can be international repercussions and uh, I don't think it's in anybody's interest for capital flows to be unnecessarily impeded by sort of un- unintended sort of measures. So that, that would be another example of the ASF getting involved in lobbying, for example, the SEC for regulations that end up preventing securitisation going across borders. And Yeah, ab- absolutely, David. I mean, I guess over the last five years, uh, a body that's become more important in, in capital markets has been the IOSCO group because it is a global organisation of uh, the the key security regulators in each of the major markets and we've certainly participated in in various consultations that they've had around um, securitisation and uh, there's there's also the Australian connection that members of ASIC have been sort of active members of various working groups that IOSCO has established since the, the crisis in 2000. Seven And more recently, again, uh, our sort of former colleague, Greg Metcraft, has been recently appointed as the chairman of IOSCO. So it's, it's a body that does focus on trying to harmonise the approaches that European and US lawmakers and regulators are taking, given that they're the two largest capital markets in the world. But it's good to have the, the Australian view because we are a, a global player, albeit small but one that you know does have a successful track record in the, in the markets that we as a country operate. So I know you've just got back from the US from attending the American Securitization Forum conference. We obviously have a pretty good dialogue with the Americans and uh, I assume the Europeans as well, maybe to a lesser extent the Europeans. Yes, well, you know, because of the interconnected world we're in, we, we try and maintain contact with, with both groups. For a number of years there was a body called the European Securitisation Forum but for um, various reasons in in 2010 they became part of um, what's now called AFMI, the Association of Financial Markets in Europe. 
we do maintain contact, particularly around any sort of global developments, be they changes to you know, regulations specifically coming out of the EU that, that govern anybody trying to access those markets or American uh, changes such as the, you know, the raft of things that the Dodd-Frank Act have brought in there. I think all three bodies are conscious that you know, securitisation is a global business and that um, you know, we need to keep sort of a focus on efforts to harmonise and to see that both issuers and investors can have appropriate and, and as easy access to markets as, as possible. So what's on the agenda for the ASF this year? You mentioned regulation and uh, this is being recorded during the day of the evening session uh, to talk about uh, the new Basel Committee uh, paper, but apart from, <laughs> apart from that particular paper, what else is on the agenda? There's always, I think, um, a number of major issues. I think 2013, uh, a prime focus will be working with the industry and um, providing assistance to APRA as part of their intended rewrite of the potential standard APS 120, which governs securitisation. That's obviously a very significant um, piece of regulation that governs the activity both from an issuance investment and also the provision of things like warehouse facilities by and for the, um, the banks, the ADIs in Australia. So that, that's a key uh, development this year. Also, um, a key focus and a, and a key milestone will be the finalisation of the, the data templates that the Reserve Bank has uh, put out in, in late 2012 for its requirements for loan level information for RMBS securities, which will be potentially eligible as collateral under the committed liquidity facility as part of Australia's compliance with the, the BAAL liquidity coverage ratio. And so um, we'll be working with both the, the Reserve Bank on, on the finalisation of those data templates and then more broadly with the industry in terms of um, the transition and the compliance with those templates. I guess a couple of business as usual things this year will be our educational courses, which we have expanded in recent years with a new applied course, which can be done either as a complete course or as discrete modules. There's been a lot of interest in the, the module that focuses purely on the, the modelling and understanding cash flows of our securitisation. And the new initiative for 2013 is the, the launch of our two online modules, which will provide an, an introduction to securitisation in Australia. So we expect those to be live and available, not only to Australian market participants, to in, but in fact via the web to all people interested in Australian securitisation in, in the uh, second quarter of 2013. We will continue to promote the industry. We've been, sort of, I guess, fairly proactive in, in the last three to four years. We, we maintain a presence at the two major conferences, global conferences, the American Securitisation Forum Conference, which you just mentioned, which was held in late January. Um, the European Conference um, comes up again in June. We also hold uh, investor seminars in London and in Asia in the uh, second part of the year. And uh, this year we probably will have a a focus on um, the Japanese market, which has shown some interest in Australian product, as well as um, continuing to uh, promote both securitisation and covered bonds in in centres like Hong Kong, Singapore. And we have been also focusing on uh, Taiwan as a potential newish investor base for Australian issuers. 
The sort of closing comment I would probably make is that uh, you know the success of the Australian Securitisation Forum largely depends on engagement and, and commitment of its members. We have had a long history of market participants and institutions being willing to engage and, and provide input and assist the, the ASF in its objectives around particularly discussing uh, issues and then sort of putting forward uh, positions we wish to ab- advocate. So certainly I would sort of have as an invitation to anyone listening to, to this podcast that uh, if they would like to participate in, in the ASF, we have a number of subcommittees, we have from time to time working groups, and so um, we would love for you to contact us and um, uh, let us know your interest. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for your time, Chris, and uh, look forward to uh, a full year ahead. Okay, thanks very much, David. If you missed them, episode one of the Securitisation Matters podcast featured an interview with John Barry, the head of Securitisation for National Australia Bank. And episode two was an audio of the proceedings of an ASF function discussing the recent Basel Committee consultative document on changes to the securitisation framework. Instructions and links to the podcast are on the Cygnus Advisory blog. Just Google Cygnus Advisory blog to find it. And there's also a link to it on the Cygnus Advisory website. You can subscribe to the Cygnus Advisory blog to receive email updates and on iTunes to receive the Securitisation Matters podcasts automatically. Thanks for listening.